it's always a challenge to preach at Christmas and Easter. And when you've done it for kind of 15, 16 years, it's even harder because you feel this pressure for something new to say. And here's the thing, there isn't anything new to say. The gospel is the gospel. The king is the king. The Lord is the Lord. And so I've, I've kind of struggled this week to, you know, I've sat down lots of times to write something, to think of something, and, and nothing came. And you're all thinking, well, this is, this is good, we can get to chocolate quicker. <laughs> but here's the thing, we, we find ourselves in this really weird situation again, don't we? Where we're going into the unknown again. We, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after or in a few weeks' time. And uh, I was talking to Charlie at school, you know, the caretaker who looks after us on Friday. And he was saying, well, they actually don't know what's going to happen when they come back or if they're going to come back on time or whatever. And, uh, and you've got, we've got all these challenges. And, he's, and the thing is, what do you do when you're faced with those challenges? Moses had that sort of problem. He's leading the people of Israel away from the Egyptian army that's following them. Huge Egyptian army, the most powerful nation on earth. And, and there they are, they, they've been hounded out of Egypt. And right in front of them, they come to a sea. So they've got the hostile army behind them and the sea in front of them. So what do they do? And, and this is the thing, we don't always know what to do. But what we do know is that the child who came grew up to be a king who can lead us through that sea, who can part the waves and lead us to the other side. The Bible tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your understanding. And that's, that's a really good thing for us right now, isn't it? To, to trust in him with all our heart, follow him, because here's the thing, he's not surprised by any of this. The only people who are surprised are us. He's, he, he's, he knows this is going to happen. He knows how he's going to deal with it. And the important thing is how we walk in it. You see, Jesus doesn't call us to make things happen. He calls us to follow him and do what he tells us to do. And to do that, we have to know him. You know, for, for several months now, God's been talking to us about how do you know Jesus? And we've got this remarkable invitation, haven't we, that we've been talking about, where Jesus says, you can know me. This is eternal life, that you might know me. Not like you might know about me, or you might have information about me, or you might be good Bible scholars, or you might be good church attendees, but you can actually know Jesus. And he says that for those who uh, are willing to follow me and willing to uh, do what I ask of them, I'll show myself to them. I'll be real to them. I'll manifest myself to them. 
I'll be real in my presence. So there's this remarkable offer we have that began with a baby in a manger that we can know God. And we say, don't we, that we have a, a relationship and not a religion. Christianity is a relationship and not a religion. And I believe that God's calling us to that, that, that reality of relationship where we know his voice and we follow him. And, and we, we give ourselves to him. And in return, as we draw near to him, he promises to give himself fully to us. And that's all we've been talking about. And, and so it kind of felt like a, a disjoin to just like put Christmas in the middle of that when you're on a journey into this heart of God. And so I was, I was, I was pondering this and I was eating my shreddies yesterday morning. And I'm thinking, God, it, it's Saturday morning and I've got zilch. And so I, I, I was led to this. These, these stories, these stories that we've read lots of times. And he took me first to the story of the shepherds. Now they're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, and they were afraid. When it says afraid... The word there is actually they were terrified to the full extent of terror. And you think, man, why, why is that? Because we, we, we're really familiar with this sort of stuff, aren't we? But just imagine, just imagine Paul Howarth out with his telescope, looking at the stars, trying to get his latest photo to go in the photographer's magazine of some sort of strange phenomenon in the sky. And then the whole sky lights up and... and there's angels there, and they sing. I mean, like, what, what do you do with that sort of thing? What do you do with that sort of thing? What, what does it mean? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Paul's thinking, I'm not going out in the fields for a while. But it carries on. Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which are to all people. For it is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was there the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was, so it was when the angels had gone away with the from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it? Does it strike you as crazy? And then we've got this other thing that happens, again, for, for astronomers out in fields, We've got this, this account in Matthew of these apparently wise men. So in future, we need to think of Paul as a wise man who's scanning the heavens, watching for the stars as a sign. But there's these wise men, and, and they, they, they see this star, and apparently it's a moving star. 
So they follow this star. They're not even, they're not even Jews. They come from another nation. And they follow this star to find this king. And they, they don't know where to go. So they go to this king called Herod. And they say, where, where is it? Where is this king born that we, we, we've been following to, to come and find? And Herod hasn't a clue. He's the king of the Jews and he hasn't a clue because he's not watching. He's not looking. And, and they have to go off and consult and, and look back and they say, oh man, we've got this prophecy, haven't we? He's coming to Bethlehem. It must be Bethlehem. You see, the people who should have been watching and there's people who should have been looking for Jesus didn't know he was coming. The people who had the prophecies, they had the signs, they, they, they had potentially the knowledge. Why are they not camped around Bethlehem with tele, television cameras waiting for Jesus to arrive? And yet they were oblivious to the fact that the king was coming. And right now, we're in a situation where the world is oblivious to the fact that time is running out. The world is oblivious to the fact that the king is on the throne and he's getting ready on the horse to come. They're oblivious to it. They can't read the signs of the times. And yet we're, we're a nation that should be grounded in Christ. And yet we can't read it. So this got me thinking is, I don't want to miss out on knowing Jesus. If there is an, this offer that I can really know Jesus, I want to I know him. I don't want to have to wait till heaven to get to practice it all. I, I want to hit the ground running. I want to know him now. The, the God who created the universe has offered me relationship. He sent a babe who became a man to make that relationship possible. That's what I want. That's, that's, that's the reality of what we're called to. So who gets to see Jesus? That's my question. Who gets to see Jesus? What sort of a person gets to see Jesus? You know, you, we, we've got this crazy thing where you've got three or four down and out shepherds sat in a field. I, I don't know if you know anything about shepherds at that time, but they were kind of the lowest of the, of the low. They're kind of like the gypsies who we minister to in Bulgaria. They, they're an underclass. They're out in the fields because they don't have access to the things and jobs in the city. And yet God went to them. And he lights up the sky Angels appear, they sing glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, to some shepherds that nobody cares about. Doesn't that strike you as crazy? I mean, it's mad, isn't it? Like, if you were, if you were God, what would you have done? Like, you're, you're in charge of writing the plan. Wouldn't you have gone to the king? Wouldn't you have tried to get the politicians around? Wouldn't you have got the authorities around? Wouldn't you have got the, all the big wigs with the big houses around? 
and, and tried to influence them all. And yet God went to people who had no influence. Nothing. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, if you're writing the story, is that the way you would have written it? It's not the way I would have written it. I'd have got, like, this mighty king, like Thor the Thunder God out of the Marvel movies, and he'd have turned up, and he'd have gone to see their king, and he'd have gone, I'm in charge now. By the way, a little bit hitched, got to die, but I'm coming back, don't worry. And I would have kind of wrote that story. What's my point here? My point is, this is true because you wouldn't have made this up. This is not what you would have written if you were making this up. This is crazy stuff. But it's true. And it's real. And the God who made everything and the God who made you emptied himself of everything so he could get to you. So who gets to see him? The shepherds. Why shepherds? Why shepherds? And so I look it all up. I look it up on the internet, you know, as you do. And I've got, there's like three or four answers, and I don't like any of them. So you go like, I thought I'd have a great, great moment here. And there's things like, well, it was a significant prophetic sign that Jesus would come as the great shepherd. And he was calling others to shepherd his flock. And I'm thinking, maybe. But then I realized, Paul says, he, Paul gives us the answer, doesn't he? Have this mind amongst yourselves that was also in Christ Jesus, who didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Instead, he humbled himself, even to death on a cross. So who gets to see Jesus? The humble. Those who are humble get to see the king. What's a humble person? A humble person's not a weak person. A humble person is a surrendered person. One who will give anything because they know that Jesus is worth more than anything in their own life. And anything of value comes from him. So we humble ourselves, we lay down our pride and that's the sort of person who gets to see Jesus. Not somebody who's big, not somebody who's famous. You see, God takes the foolishness, foolish things of this world, doesn't he? To confound the wise. You don't get any more foolish in those days than a bunch of shepherds. And yet we find out that these shepherds got to see Jesus and it was so life transforming that they went out and witnessed to everybody and told everybody about what they'd seen because he became everything to them 
The Bible tells us, doesn't it, that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I don't want to be one who's resisted. I want God on my side, not against me. So I want to learn to be humble. I want to be learned to be like Jesus who emptied himself of everything that we would count of value and came to be born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And you know that line, don't you? Wrapped in swaddling clothes. It was in every nativity play I ever went to. And I always thought, well, what's that mean? Well, when Jesus was born, it wasn't cute and cuddly and lovely. He was in a cave. It's not a little hut with stars shining above it, with angels singing. He was in a cave where the animals lived. And the animals are there, and the whole place would have stunk. And he, because of his nowhere else, he's laying in the animal's feeding trough. And they wrap him in swaddling clothes. What is swaddling clothes? Swaddling clothes are strips of cloth. And they are used for uh, baby lambs and baby animals, and they bind up their legs until those legs are strong enough to support them and until they can get out in the fields. So the, the creator of the universe is born in a manger wrapped in strips of cloth that are used for lambs. The Lamb of God, the sacrifice for us, comes and humbles himself to that extent. And he says, be like me. He is who gets to know me, people who are like me. So if God only, if, if he comes for that sort of person, that means we all have got a good chance, haven't we, of knowing him. That he comes from the, for the lowliest of the low. He comes for those who count themselves nothing. Those who have made such messes of their lives that they can't even think that God would care about them. And that's who he comes for. So who gets to see Jesus? The humble. Those who are willing to surrender and those who are willing to follow him. But that's not the whole story, is it? Because they're not the only people who get to see Jesus. There's some wise men. And that's even crazy, isn't it? That they can't find any wise men in the nation of Israel who will follow this star. But people will come, apparently from Babylon, and come and find him. How did they know? Why were they looking at the stars? Well, they're magi. What were magi? Magi were people who were trained to read the signs of the times with a prophetic agenda. I'm not saying read the stars to tell you astrology, okay? But... The first of the Magi was Daniel. 
And so these people have been watching for centuries, waiting for what Daniel would tell them would happen when all these other signs had come. Remember, Daniel does loads of prophecies. And so they're watching. They, they in this, this land of Babylon, are watching for the king. They're wise men. They're clever men. They're men of standing. They're rich men. See, Jesus comes for everybody. But not everybody gets to know him. Jesus came to take away the sins of the whole world. But not everybody believes in him. So who else gets to see Jesus? Those who diligently seek him. That's what they did, isn't it? They, they diligently sought him. They've been watching and watching. They see the star. They go after him. They say, there's no stopping us. We are going after. We are going to find this king. We are going to see the king. And they set off, not knowing where they're going, just following this star, but diligently, diligently, day in, day out, seeking him. And the Bible tells us, doesn't it? that the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So who gets to see Jesus? It's not about riches. It's not about standing. It's not about intelligence. It's not about wealth. It's not about being poor. It's not about uh, being an underclass. It's none of that. God doesn't care about what other people think of you. God doesn't care about even what you think of you. He cares about what's going on in your heart. And the, and the people that he can, that get to see him, have one of those two qualities, probably both. That they are humble, they are surrendered to him, and that they are those who diligently seek him. Why is that? Like why, why, do, why do you pick those, Jesus? And so I'm coming to the end of my bowl of shreddies and I'm going, like, why do you pick those, Jesus? Why is it about those two things that's so important to you? And he said, well, remember when I came to earth? I emptied myself of everything. And I put my whole trust in my Father God. And I followed him for my life. Because I came to diligently seek you. I came to diligently reach you. I came after you. And here's the thing. I want you to be like me. I want you to walk humbly in my Father's sight. I want you to give him and draw near to him like I did. But you're going to have to be diligent to do it. it it's not 
a two-day hit. Because when I came, it wasn't just so that you could be forgiven your sins, although that was important. That was a hurdle to be got over so that you could have relationship with my father. And this is the eternal life I offer. That you might know him. How do you get to know him? How do you get to see Jesus? Humility. Diligently seeking him. Being like Jesus. And you think, well, how do I do that? How can I do that? Well, here's the amazing thing. That when Jesus returned to heaven, he didn't leave you alone. He gave you his word and he gave you the Holy Spirit. So that we can now have real relationship with him. And whatever happens for the rest of this year and, go, and, and next year, that's the goal. That's the thing. The thing is not church. The thing isn't being a Christian. The thing isn't doing whatever we do. The thing is knowing Jesus. That's why he came. So that we might know him. Can I have the musicians back? Can we stand? Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you came. That you died for me. So that I might know you. And that I might know your father. And that through the Holy Spirit. I might start to look like you. Not on the outside, but on the inside. Lord, soften my heart. Help me to pursue you. Change me, Lord. Create in me that heart that you would have. I want to know you, Jesus. Amen. We look forward to this Christmas, Lord. of which you are the centre. It's all about you, Jesus. And we delight in you. We celebrate your birth. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate the joy that you bring, the peace that you bring, the life that you bring, and the help that you bring. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Amen. 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 <laughs> um, so, 
Uh, we've got a couple of nice fun things now um, for the children and adults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we say goodbye online? Because, yeah, uh, lovely to be with you, Faith Life Online and uh, Norwich and anybody else that's watching in. We really wish you a very happy and blessed Christmas time. Um, we pray over you that he will be with you. His blessing will be over you. And um, have a great week. And we'll see you after Christmas. Amen. Amen. <laughs>